Blog Talk Radio.
This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So good or bad, happy or sad, the most I brought you to it, he'll bring you through it, and you'll come out better on the other side because of it. Please believe me. All right, y'all. So last week what we were covering was Christ told his disciples, because um, the disciples were shooing away little children from him, and he told them, man, don't forbid these children. He said, let the children come unto me. And then he also doubled up behind that, and he said, unless you receive the, the kingdom of God as a child, you basically ain't going to get it. And what I was going into, we went into Ezekiel, uh, the fourth chapter, uh, backing up Christ's statement as receiving the, the uh, kingdom of the Most High as a child. Children are moldable. Children are moldable. Children have no malice in their heart. Children are, are, are kind, wonderful little human beings, um, but they are very moldable. And that's what I want to bring out. And that's why I went to Ezekiel to show how moldable children are and the spirit that Ezekiel had on him, that of a child, to where he could be molded to where the Most High could work with him. Because he told Ezekiel to do some real off-the-wall, outlandish, um, unthinkable things, but Ezekiel did not protest. The only thing he protested was the human caca, the human uh, dung, the human feces that the Most High told him to make with the uh, bread, the cake that he was going to make. That was the only thing he protested. The Most High ended up giving him cow's dung for man dung. So I want to follow that up. You can only receive the most high spirit, the spirit of Christ, as a child. You have to be moldable. So let's go to Wisdom of Solomon, please. And let's go to Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 1. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 1. And we're going to start at verse 1. Read this. Love righteousness, Mm -hmm. ye that be judges of the earth. So we know that we are the judges of the earth, y'all. This is why you, uh, where you get the book of Judges from, because what what was Israel doing? It was just Israel was judging the earth. And remember what Christ said. Matter of fact, let's get it. Matthew nineteen twenty eight. In fact, let's let's get even a simpler one. Uh, Luke twenty two thirty, straight to the point. Luke twenty two thirty. That ye may eat and drink at my table, in my kingdom. This is Christ talking to the disciples, and this this message extends on to Israel. Read. 
to all of Israel, read. And sit on my and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So what's gonna be the purpose of us us uh, sitting on thrones? To judge the twelve tribes. We're gonna be judges, judging the twelve tribes. We're gonna be the judges, and also we're gonna be the judges of the earth, man. We're gonna we're gonna tell tell and and, and inform the, the the nations, the whole world on the law and how to keep it. All right, going back to Wisdom of Solomon. Chapter 1, verse 1. Love righteousness, ye that be judges of the earth. Read. Think of the Lord with a good heart, and in simplicity of heart, seek him. It says, think of the Most High with a good heart, a good mind. A good mind. A good mind is a mind that's what they call be open-minded. I'm not saying be open-minded to wickedness. I'm talking about being open-minded to the most high will. Don't be closed-minded to it. And he says, in, in simplicity of heart, the heart once again referring to the mind, simplicity of mind meaning it doesn't have to be that hard. It ain't got to be that deep. It's not as complicated as you think it is. But, yes, yeah, some of the things that are written in the Bible, you don't need a, a precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. There's a lot of things in the Bible that you take for face value. The most I tell you to do it, you just do it. You don't question it. That's what it's talking about in simplicity of heart. Read. For he will be found of them that tempt him not. See, I'm not lying. How do you tempt the most high, though? Because you be difficult. That's how you tempt him. You know what the book say. You know what he's saying, but you want to keep acting like you don't understand. You know how our kids be. And I get this from my kids all the damn time, and I hate it. I, I tell them something, and they be like, huh, sir? Like they ain't hear me. You know damn well I heard. You heard what I said. You heard every syllable. But you want to act like you didn't hear. But this is how we be dealing with the most high. You be like, huh? What you want me to I didn't understand. I didn't know you wanted me to do it. You knew exactly the way the Most High told you to do it because gave, he gave us instruction. But we'll play dumb. We'll complicate things because we don't want to do them. This goes on all the time. It says, in, in simplicity of heart, seek him. And this is why a lot of people, they, they be like, well, I'm studying. I'm studying, but I just can't stop doing so-and-so, so-and-so. Well, I'm studying, but, man, I just can't shake this. You know why you can't shake them? Because your mind's not simplified. You're still fighting. You still haven't given in. This is why you have the same problem that you had last month, that you had last year, that you had five years ago. You're still battling with it. Because in your mind, it's too hard. You, you know, and if you have this mindset, man, I'm going to just tell you, y'all might as well go back to church because this is what the church people say. This is why they say the law is done away with because they say, man, nobody could keep that stuff. It's just too hard. That's not having the simplicity of mind because the simplicity of mind will tell you, hey, the Most High gave these instructions. I'm supposed to keep them. Let me keep them. That's the simplicity of mind. But when you start saying so, I'll like when you start saying stuff, let me slow down. When you start saying stuff like it's too hard, this is you trying to hold on to your way of doing things and becoming difficult. And because of that, matter of fact, read verse two again. 
for he will be found of them that tempt him not. Because of you being difficult, you're tempting the most high, read. And showeth himself unto such as do not distrust him. And because you're not fighting, and talking about you don't understand, or you got an excuse why you can't do it, the most high will reveal himself to you. Because you're not fighting, because you're not being difficult, and you're showing the most high what? I trust you. The most high is looking for a little trust, man. And you know what's crazy? We won't trust the most high, but as soon as we get into a relationship, what's the first thing we'll be talking about? I need to know I can trust you. <laughs> I need so I can let down my guard. I need to know I can trust you. Can I trust you? I've been hurt a lot of times. I just want to know if I can trust. I just can't give you my trust. But we won't trust the most high. Read. For forward thoughts separate from God. The forward thoughts meaning I'm walking away from the most high. I'm walking away from the orders and instructions the most high gave. But if I'm if I'm walking away, then the most high is going to pull back from me. He's going to leave me hanging. He's going to leave me without answers, without instruction. Why? Because I'm being difficult. Read. Power, when it is tried, reproveth the unwise. And when you try the most high, we say, okay, I, I ain't going to do it your way because your way is too difficult and it's too hard, and you do it your damn way, you Frank Sinatra it, then what happens? The most high reproves you. He reproves you, but... It ain't the reproof we think it is going to be. It'd be something real hard. It'd be some painful growing pains that you got to go through. It'd be some some punishment, some chastising. And then what we want to say, I'm going through trials and tribulations, and you're trying to feel sorry for yourself, but you actually brought it on yourself. But when you think about a child, a child is going to receive it. He's going to follow your instructions. He ain't going to keep questioning. He ain't going to keep saying he don't understand. You know, and I'm going to say this. When a child is at a certain age, because when a child when a child gets to be in those teenage years, they start for some reason questioning every damn thing. Why we can't do this? Why we can't do that? Why, 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 why? And part of this, as we don't get into this evening, it be our fault. It be our fault. It's directly our fault. You know why? Because we kept giving them options when they were younger, and they got used to that. We were explaining ourselves to them when they were young. So now they still want you to keep explaining yourself to them instead of, you saying because I said so, and them just doing it. Reading on, verse 4. For into a malicious soul, wisdom shall not enter. Malicious soul is somebody that's difficult to deal with, somebody that's not willing to comply, somebody that's difficult. And they keep saying, I don't get it. I don't understand. You know why? We just read it. It says, for into a malicious soul, wisdom shall not enter. 
you don't understand and you don't get it because you're being difficult. And as long as you keep being difficult, you're never going to get it. You're never going to understand it. It's like in Vogue say, what? Never going to get it, never going to get it. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it. (laughs) That part. (laughs) Read. Nor dwell in the body that is subject unto sin. And the most high's wisdom is not gonna stay with you because your body, including your mind, most importantly your mind, is difficult to deal with. It won't comply. You have ill intentions. It says, nor dwell in the body that is subject unto sin. Why is your body and your mind subject unto sin? Because, and remember, sin is the transgression of the law. But what this is saying right here is that your mind, your body has an inclination to break the law. (laughs) You know why? Because you're difficult. That's why you're combative. You never want to unify, and you want to keep talking about how you don't understand. And that's the reason I won't follow is because I don't understand. This is what I be getting. I ain't gonna do what you tell me to do because what you telling me to do don't make no sense. <laughs> this is how we be, man. Read. For the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee defeat. Now, what what did it say that was very important at the top of this precept? The key word is what? Discipline. Discipline. Why do you have to have discipline when you come to the Most High? Because you have to discipline yourself to do what you normally would not do. Discipline yourself to not do your natural instinct. That's why it says, for the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee deceit. Read. And remove from thoughts that are without understanding. But why don't I understand once again? Because I'm being difficult. I don't want to understand. Because I'm just saying I don't understand, so that will give me an excuse as to not to do it. That's the only reason I'm saying I don't get it. Read. And will not abide when unrighteousness cometh in. And the Most High's wisdom, I'm sorry, and the Holy Spirit, it says, and will not abide when unrighteousness come in. The Most High Spirit ain't going to dwell with you if you always tied up in righteous, un- unrighteousness, got your mind tied up in wickedness. And then we we be wondering why our whole life be in shambles and be out of order because we're being so difficult. The Most High can't deal with us. Second Corinthians chapter thirteen and verse five. Second Corinthians chapter thirteen verse five. Examine yourselves. What does the scripture say? Examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. Oh, let me make sure that's the right scripture. Uh I said Second Corinthians, right? 
Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Read it again. Examine yourselves. Take take a look at your actions. Because we be real hasty to be upset at the most high or be upset at people around us or things that have happened to us. And we don't take um, inventory to see, man, what have I done to bring this on me? Or is it something that I've done to bring this on me? And if it is, then what is it exactly? Let me pinpoint it. Let me sit down for a minute and really do some soul searching to see if I'm the reason for what I'm going through right now. So it says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, whether you're doing the will of the Most High, you're doing you. Read. Whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves. Prove your own selves. Measure yourself up to the scriptures. The scriptures say I'm supposed to deal like this, but I'm dealing contrary to what it says. The scriptures say I'm supposed to raise children in this manner, but I'm not raising children in this manner. I'm raising them in a completely different type of manner. The scriptures say I'm supposed to deal with my husband this way but I'm dealing with him a completely different way than what the scriptures say. The scriptures say I'm supposed to deal with my wife this way, but I'm dealing with her contrary to what the Bible says. Read. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves? Everybody knows they self. You know you better than you. You know what you're running from. You know what you're battling with. You know what you have trouble with. You know what you submit to. Read. How that Jesus Christ is in you. And we know we do have Christ in us. We do. Some of us more than others. (laughs) But he's somewhere in there. You just got to stop being difficult so he can come out. Read. Except ye be reprobate. Ye be what? Reprobate. Except you be reprobate. Reprobate means beyond saving. Now, the only way you be beyond saving is if you just continue to be difficult and you never change. Now, let's get Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 18. Let's get an example of this. Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 18. Now, this is an example of a child, but I want us to put ourselves in these shoes also. Read that. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son. So, a a man, parents have a stubborn and rebellious son, meaning it's hard to get this dude to do anything. And it's hard to get him to follow instructions. He always go against. That's the rebellious spirit. So if you got a kid like this, this was the law. Read. Which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them. So you got this son that's stubborn and he was rebellious, and you've been punishing him. You've been, excuse me, you've been putting a rod on him. You've been uh, reprimanding him. You've been trying to talk to him, show him a different way, correcting him. It says, 
and he will not hearken unto them, verse 19, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of his city and unto the gate of his place. So the commandment is bring this dude out in front of everybody. Let it be known. But you know what goes on amongst us? And I've seen it. I don't want nobody dealing with my child like that. I don't want nobody whooping my child. No, I don't trust nobody with my kids. Why, your kid is the biggest damn demon in the congregation. And this is why your kid's a demon. Because you ain't did what the scriptures say. And we're going to get to that also. You ain't put that rod on. You ain't corrected this child. But you don't want nobody else to correct them either. But this is a huge problem. This goes on in Israel, man. Kids be growing up, they be terrorists. Because you won't let somebody else discipline your child. I'm old enough to remember when if you did something in your neighborhood and your neighbor saw you doing wrong, your neighbor would check you. Your neighbor would correct you. Sometimes your neighbor would have permission to whoop your ass. Excuse my French. And then when your neighbor uh, communicated what you was what you was doing to your parent. Your mom would be your mom or your father, whoever they got hold to. Then one of your parents would light it to your butt. More than likely, the mama. And then when daddy got home, guess what? You was getting another ass whooping. Excuse my French. But you know what this did? This taught you not to do that no more. Whatever it was you was doing taught you not to do it no more, but you see how it was a community effort? The neighbor ain't part of your family, but the neighbor was part of your family because the neighbor cared and loved you and was looking out for you. But now we get it in our mind, and I don't trust somebody else judging my kid. And I'm not saying just let any old body just discipline your kid, but if you get a brother or a sister and you see their character, you see how they discipline their children, how it's not out of malice, it's out of love, and they're living by the Bible the same way you are, then so be it, man. So be it. Let them tag that butt. Let them correct your child. And it ain't always got to be a whooping. It can be, let me check you. I'm going to sternly talk to you or yell at you. But some, some parents in Israel get mad at that. This is how soft and how away from the book we've gotten. But this says here in verse 19, read it. Read it again. Then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of his city. No, they're going to keep it in-house. Bring him out unto the elders of his city. You see how it's being exposed in front of everybody? but specifically the elders, the aged men. Read. And unto the gate of his place. So everybody could see it. It could be put on blast. But what we like to do is we like to accept it. Oh, that's just him. He'll grow out of it. Oh, his, it's his, he's got a temper. Don't worry about it. We're, we're working with him on that. Y'all ain't doing nothing with that. Trying to keep it on the low and keep it hush-hush. 
Read. And they shall say unto the elders of his city, This, our son, is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. They let it be known. They let it be known. And you you notice for for a parent to do this, man, put them put their son on blast like this, because your children are a reflection of you. It's embarrassing. You don't think this was embarrassing for them? It'd be embarrassing for us when you get called to the school and you got to go up to the school for one of your kids because they didn't did something they had no business doing, and you just be so embarrassed. But you got to go. You got to go and you got to deal with it. But a lot of us, we get so embarrassed about the things that our children do, we try to keep it on the low because we don't want to look bad. We don't want to be embarrassed. But these these parents, it's like the hell with that. We got to do what's right. We got to do what's righteous. The hell with our, our persona. The hell with, with how we look in front of people. Let's do the right thing. Read. And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones. They don't do what? Stone him with stones. No, they don't give him a stern talking to. Stone him with stones. Time out. Stone him with stones. They're going to try to work with him. Stone him with stones. Read. That he die. That he what? That he die. That he die. Why? So shalt thou put evil away from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. You put, this is how you put the evil away. This is how you get children to obey. Once upon a time it was anyway. We, it's not lawful to, to murk your kid no more. I know. I wish it was, though. <laughs> I wish we still lived in these times. It'll be like, bring him out, he gets stoned. Okay, you bury him. Then you got you to make another one. You got let's try again, mama. <laughs> mama, let's try again. Let's try to get us another one. Better luck next time. But they had to kill this dude because he was reprobate, like we just read in Corinthians, meaning he was beyond saving. He couldn't work with him because it ain't like they were they was not disciplined this dude at the crib. Because if, if remember it said that they had been correcting him, they had chastised him, but he still was off the chain. And I've seen this time and time again too where the parent don't do nothing to the child and the child becomes a certain age to where now the child has turned against the parent and the parent's scared of the damn child so much so the parent got to be like, somebody got to come get him. And this is how you get our young men and young uh, sisters being sent off to damn group homes and damn boys, boys clubs and Boys' homes, boys' forms, a uh, uh, damn scary straight and boot camp and all these other programs. But if you would have did your job as a parent from conception, conceiving that child, and 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 put your foot in his tail and corrected him and her or her when she was off, you wouldn't have to be dealing with this. All right, let's get a. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1. And this is why this scripture says this, man. 
Because Yahabashah did take away the penalty of death from breaking the law. Because some, some laws, like we just read, you couldn't repent from. There was no animal sacrifice. You couldn't come back from. You just had to die. But remember what Christ came back and said. He said that all sins shall be forgiven, right? And we know that Christ died for our sins, right? So we're, we're, his blood was the ultimate sacrifice. You have to kill no animals. He already paid for your sin. That don't mean you can do it again, but he paid for it. So you can give forgiveness under Yahweh Shah, under Christ. Read. But let me say this. But we still have to consider this scripture and many other scriptures like this. Read. Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is right. Listen to your parents. Read. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. It's the first commandment with what? With promise. With promise. Why? That it may be well with thee, <laughs> and thou mayest live long on the earth. If you honor your parents, <laughs> you'll live long on the earth. It'll go well with you. But when you dishonor your parents, when you ain't listening to your parents, are you going to live long? No, nah, you ain't, man. This is why a lot of a lot of a lot of people, a lot of sons and daughters, they die young. Because remember, this this scripture said that this is the first commandment with what? With promise. With promise, <laughs> meaning it's guaranteed. It's going to happen. Disobey your parents. Now listen to your parents if you want to, and you're gonna die young, man. You know, and my uh, my my grandmother. And my mother, they used to paraphrase this scripture. They would always say, a disobedient child's days are numbered. Did your mom used to say that too? No, she just quoted, quoted that verse. A disobedient child's days are numbered. This is what they were talking about, man. It says that this is the first commandment with promise. Proverbs 23 and 13. Proverbs 23 and 13. Withhold not correction from the child. No, baby him. Don't whoop him. Just, I'm going to talk to him all the time. I'm going to put him in time out. I'm going to let him embarrass the hell out of me at the grocery store or in public. I ain't going to do nothing to him. That's what it say. Read it. Withhold not correction from the child. Don't withhold that correction. And once again, y'all, correction is not just the rod. I know I'm emphasizing the rod, but it ain't just the rod. It's showing them the right way to do things. You know, I coach with this brother, Issachar brother. And, man, all this brother do is yell at these kids. I'm talking about practice, game. He yelling, 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 yelling. I'm like, man, I don't know how you do this. My head be hurting. Like, dude, you're going to get yourself high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. He was talking to this one kid, yelling at him. And I'm like, hey, man, hold on. You do understand that the only reason we're still in this game is because this kid is 
doing such a good job at rebounding, right? <laughs> That's what I told him. Yeah, but he's doing I'm like, yes, he is. And we could focus on that. You could keep yelling at him about that. But you understand, if you keep yelling at him like that, he ain't going to get no more rebounds. <laughs> and we ain't going to be in this game. <laughs> I mean, we end up losing anyway. But the kid was a rebounding fool at that game. You can't just beat a kid down and not build him up. Because then you become that parent or that guardian that is only good for discipline. And that's the only way the kid going to respect you is if you discipline and threaten to whoop him all the time. But ain't no kid going to want to be around that. I do, I'm getting yelled at and beat on all the time. No. You, you, you discipline your kid, you spank your kid, you whoop your kid or whatever, you have to talk to them and let them know what they did wrong and a better way to do it. You just can't expect them to know how to do it. Kids don't just pop out the damn microwave done. They need an instruction manual. They need a guide. Like, we need the Bible. That's our instruction manual. And they need it too, and that's what we're supposed to be teaching them. They don't know all the answers. They don't, they don't have it all figured out. I don't care how damn old they are. But this is the mindset we want to get into. Oh, they know how to do No, they don't. Read the scripture again. Withhold not correction from the child. For if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. No, a, 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 a little spanking going to kill him. He shall not die. He ain't going to die. I remember, I ain't condoning this. Because this day and age, somebody see you, they might hotline you or something. But, man, I remember getting whooped with damn belts, broom handle ones, house shoes. The worst was the wet dish rag. Had that one, too. Anything that was handy if I got out of pocket. <laughs> but you know what I you know what I learned? I learned to respect my parents. I definitely learned that one. And it didn't kill me, I'm still here. Fifty fifty one years <laughs> to the day. I'm still alive and kicking. It taught me to have a respect for authority. Did you finish it? Yes, sir. All right, give me Ecclesiastes chapter 30, verse 1. All right, we're going to get this one, y'all, then we're going to go uh, into some examples. Ecclesiasticus chapter 30, verse 1. He that loveth his son causes him off to feel the rod. What this means is if you love your child, you'll cause them often to be corrected. It didn't say if you hate your child. It says if you love them. You may ask yourself, well, how could this be, Tyler Pops? I'm always beating on my kids. I'm loving them. I'm always beating on them. (laughs) I'm a bad parent. No. You're showing you love them because you're teaching them respect for authority. You know, the scripture tells us we ain't going to get it, but it says that piety starts at home. 
So guess what else starts at home? That respect for authority. Because if they learn that at home, then when, when, when the popo pull them over or get behind them or stop them at school or what have you, they'll learn what? How to respect authority. They won't be mocked enough about how they got law, how they got rights, and they know they rights, and they know the law and all this other stuff and end up getting Mike Brown or Sandra Blaine. Talking about I know my rights. Because we're going to be equipping, equipping them with what? The Bible that says what? Agree with thy adversary quickly when thou art in the way with them. So turn away wrath. These scriptures are going to do what? Get your kid home safe. Let's allow your kid to make it home, man. Because that's all we all want at the end of the day. But if we don't get them used to obeying positions of authority at the house, then when they get out in the street, they're going to have problems. They're going to have real problems. Read it again. He that loveth his son causeth him oft to feel the rod. Often to be corrected. Often to be corrected. And you know what's so what's so imperative about being corrected, you correcting your child? It's not just for when they go outside the house. It's for when they get into their own relationships. When that young woman that you raised to be a daughter of Zion, a daughter of the Most High, starts getting corrected by her husband. She won't be talking back to him and getting all loud and sister girling them. You know why? Because our oh, dad used to correct me when I was tripping. Oh, oh well, this is not foreign to me. Oh, it's just a little correction. It's not going to kill me. I'm tripping. Let me just correct myself. It's correction. That's all it is. No big deal. But if dad didn't correct me, and my husband, I leave the house, I get married, my husband started correct me now. Oh, whoa, what the hell is this? What you doing? I, I'm not used to this. This is, You're embarrassing me. You're making me feel bad. You're making me feel small. Now I'm going through changes. Why? Because I'm not used to correction. These are the things we need to be getting our children ready for now. That applies to a young girl leaving the house, getting married. Also, the young man, the young husband. When your father see you doing something against your wife you ain't got no business doing, and he checks you on it, or her father checks you because you're dealing with his daughter crazy as hell. If you wasn't used to that correction from your father, then you ain't going to be used to that correction from somebody else's father that's telling you how to deal with their daughter. No, nah, you don't be beating on my daughter. What's wrong with you? You why you got to talk to my daughter that way? But these are the things we need to be instilling in our children now. Get them used to correction now. Because if you don't, when they when they get grown, like I said, and they going through their issues with who they ever, whoever they choose to mate with, marry, and you trying to get them uh, advice to correct their relationships with their significant others, they're not going to listen to you because they're not used to taking correction. 
what the world call it? Constructive criticism. That he may have joy of him in the end. If I start correcting my kids now, getting them used to correction now, I'll have joy of them in the end. You know why? Because they'll be used to correction and they'll take the correction. They won't fight it. They won't be difficult. They won't run from it. They'll accept it. All right, let's go to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2. Um, let's start at verse 22. Hold on, let me make sure I got my notes in order, y'all. Two, and I said 22, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. Is that first Samuel? First Samuel chapter uh, 2 and verse 22. And we're going to be back and forth in this chapter, y'all. Why be out here? First Samuel chapter 2, verse 22. Now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel. So... This is the uh, the judge, who also was a priest, Eli. So this is during the time of the judges, y'all. It says he was old, and he had judged Israel for how long? It say very old. Had, uh, uh, son, dude. read it again from the top. Mm-hmm. Now Eli was very old, and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So Eli, the priest, and he was a judge, was old. He was old, so he uh, brought his children, his two sons, into the priesthood and into uh, the position to become a judge. Read. And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. So Eli's hearing these bad reports about his sons. We will definitely get into what they was doing in a minute. He's hearing the bad reports about his son. And he's telling his son he's heard about it. And he's telling them that it ain't right the way they dealing with the people. Read. Ye make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Right. He's talking to them. It's like, man, y'all sinning against the Most High. Who's going to entreat for y'all? Who's going to intervene on y'all behalf? Read. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto the voice of their father. They did what? Hearkened not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. They didn't listen to the words of their father, and they knew that the Most High was going to get them. 
Now let's go to the Josephus, page uh, 149, and we're going to read verse, uh, paragraph 1. I said 149, right? Mm-hmm. Chapter 2. Uh, I hope that's right. Seven. Yeah, that's that's the one. Chapter 2. It's paragraph 1. Yeah, it's in chapter 10. So we're going to read paragraph 1, um, line 3, 339. Let me see. We might as well start at the top. Yeah, just start at the top. Okay. And you can tell them, give them the, um, the book, the chapter, huh. and the paragraph. The works of Josephus, the antiquities of the Jews, chapter 10, paragraph 1, line 338. And now, excuse me, concerning the birth of Samuel and how he foretold the calamity that befell the sons of Eli. And now upon the ill state of the affairs of the Hebrews, they made war again upon the Philistines. The occasion was this. Eli, the high priest, had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. These sons of Eli were guilty of injustice towards men and of impiety towards God and abstained from no sort of wickedness. So these cats were doing them the extreme. It says, towards men and of impiety towards the Most High, meaning they had no dedication to the Most High. All their dedication was to themselves and wickedness. Read. Some of their gifts. Some of their gifts they carried off as belonging to the honorable employment they had. So some of the gifts that they had was because of the position that they held as priests. So the people would bring them things, and they was uh, taking too much. I believe that's called extortion. They were taking too much of the stuff from the people. Read. Others of them they took away by violence. They also were guilty of impurity with the women that came to worship God at the tabernacle. So we already got that in the Bible where Samuel said they was with these women. And it says they was dealing with these women. These women came to the temple, whether it be to offer up sacrifices or to praise the Most High, and these cats end up sexing them up. Read. Obliging some to submit to their lust by force. By what? By force. So they was taking it. They were taking it, forcing themselves on women. Read. And enticing others by bribes. And they were paying some of them. Read. Nay, the whole course of their lives was no better than tyranny. So they, the whole course of Eli's sons, his kids, was tyranny, man. Ain't that something? Mm-hmm. So, so they didn't do nothing good. Their whole life was jacked up. Now I want you to, uh, what was that? That was um, 339. So now I want you to jump 
two, three. So go to that's paragraph one still, right? Jump to paragraph three. And I want you to start at so when he had when he heard God speak again, that part. But we're still dealing with Eli's kids. So just get to get some more detail on all the stuff they was doing. Okay. In the middle of line 349. So when he heard God speak again, he desired him to speak and to deliver what oracles he pleased to him. For he would not fail to perform any ministration whatsoever he should make use of him in. To which God replied, Since thou art here ready, learn what miseries are coming upon the Israelites. This is the most high speaker to Samuel. The first time he spoke to him, in fact, when he was just a youth. Read. Such indeed as words cannot declare, nor faith believe, said that it was calamities that was destined to come upon the whole nation. And he said that he was going to declare it. It says, uh, now we're going to find out why these calamities are going to come on the whole nation. Read. For the sons of Eli shall die on one day, and the priesthood shall be transferred into the family of Eleazar. So that was the decree for Eli's sons. They were going to die. Read. For Eli hath loved his sons more than he hath loved my worship. So because of Eli's sons doing all of this wickedness to Israel, this is why the Most High has these calamities about to come on Israel. And the Most High said that Eli's problem was what? He had loved his sons more than he had loved my worship. This was the problem. And this is what we be doing too. We know what the Bible say. We know how to raise our children. We know what's righteous and what's unrighteous, but we still won't do what the Bible say. We still won't do the righteous thing. We'll do the opposite. And we'll do the opposite because we love our children more than we love the most high. I hope y'all hear this. You know your kid be dead ass wrong, but you take it up for your kid. Because you love your kid more than you love the Most High, more than you love righteousness. Now, let's not forget what Christ said. I meant to get this. I'm going to get it now. Let's go to Matthew. Hold this. Hold it, Josephus. We're coming back to it. We're going to Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. Mm-hmm. verse 37, he that loveth father or mother more than me. So this is Christ. <clears throat> you love father or mother more than me. Now, people read this, and they go through real changes. Oh, he's talking about I can't love my father, I can't love my mother. But remember what he says, more than me. And at the, when he, before he even gets into this, matter of fact, read verse 34. Think not 
that I am come to send peace on earth. Mm-hmm. I came not to send peace, but a sword. He's, Christ said he came to send a sword. A sword is a weapon that's meant for killing. It's also meant to divide people. Christ is saying he's coming to divide. He's not coming to join. He's coming to divide. Why is he coming to divide? What's going to be the scenario? Read. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Now, remember, the law said to honor thy father and thy mother, right? It says that this was the first commandment with promise. So why would Christ come back now and say, no, you got to hate them? No, you can't love them. So obviously, there's got to be more to it than that. What Christ is saying is you can't love their way of doing things more than you love his way of doing things. That's what he's saying. You can't love their influence more than you love him, more than you love righteousness. Because what was Eli's problem? He loved his sons more than what was righteous. Now jump back to verse 37. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Mm-hmm. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You showing you love your son or your daughter more than you love righteousness, more than you love the most high, when you let them do things that's not right, things that's wicked, things that's off, when you let them do things that's unrighteous and you know it's unrighteous and you let them do it and you don't blink an eye, You don't, you don't say nothing to them. You don't skip a beat. You just let it fly. You know they're you know they doing wrong. You know they're messing up, and you say nothing. You know what they're doing is off. You know it's unrighteous, and you just keep your mouth quiet. You're doing what Eli did. You're loving your son and your daughter more than you love the most high. You won't tell your daughter or your son the truth about how the Most High feels about things, how the Most High is looking at them, how the Most High is judging them. You're doing your son or your daughter a disservice. We're going to find out what happened to Eli's kids. Matter of fact, the Most High already gave his judgment on what was going to happen to them. And that was what? Death. Which goes what we read in Ephesians, the sixth chapter. That is the first commandment with promise. Honor your father and your mother that your days might be long on the earth. Your very life depends on obeying your father and your mother. Obedience. Your very life depends on that. But these parents that want to let them kids do all this stuff, let their kids do all this stuff, they know it's wicked as hell and not correct them. You're doing your kid a disservice. You're setting your kid up for death, idiot. You know. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. What is the cross? A cross is a burden. What's going to be your burden? Correcting your kids. 
showing them the right way of doing things when they're doing things the wrong way. That's going to be your burden as a parent. So you got a decision to make. Are you going to correct them now, or are you going to have the most high to deal with them later? All right, going back to the Josephus. I want you to read that part again. For Eli hath loved his sons more than he hath loved my worship. This be the problem. Read. And to such a degree as is not for their advantage. Oh, my goodness. What are you? And to such a degree as is not for their advantage. It's not going to benefit them. The Most High said Eli didn't love his son so much, and it's not even going to benefit them. Wow. Read. Which message Eli obliged the prophet by oath to tell him, for otherwise he had no inclination to afflict him by telling it. And now Eli had a far more sure expectation of the perdition of his sons, but the glory of Samuel increased more and more, it being found by experience that whatsoever he prophesied came to pass accordingly. But it says that Eli had a far more sure expectation of perdition. Perdition is hell. <laughs> Eli knew the Most High was going to murder his children. But you know what you don't read Eli doing? You read about him talking to him, right? He did talk to him in First Samuel chapter 2, uh, verse 23, right? He talked to him. But what, what was he supposed to do? We read it in Deuteronomy 21. He was supposed to chastise them. He was supposed to put some type of correction on them. But all he did was talk to them. Y'all see how just talking to your kid is not enough? The scriptures say that spiritual things seem foolish to a corner man, right? Mm-hmm. The scriptures also says that folly is bound in the heart of what? A child. Duh, put the two together, y'all. <laughs> Our children are cornal by nature. It's all about the way they feel. And y'all can see this dealing with your kids. They got so many feelings and so many emotions. How do you deal with a fleshly person? You can't give them just spiritual examples. You have to give them carnal examples. Like what? If you got to touch that ass, you got to got to whip that ass. <laughs> if you got to you got to get them a whooping and put them on punishment, and take away the stuff that they love the most doing from them just so they can learn the lesson, you got to do that. But just talking to them alone, that ain't going to work. Just trying to sit up. Because you get some brothers and sisters that just want to get their kids scriptures. <laughs> like they too doesn't really understand these scriptures like that. Don't get me wrong. Some kids do. But nah, 
Most kids ain't going to understand these scriptures. You got to give them the scripture and whoop that butt. This is over there for me. All right, y'all. So we were in the Josephus, right? Let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 2. We're going to read verse 12 this go around. Told y'all we're going to be in this chapter for a minute. First mm-hmm. Samuel chapter two and verse twelve. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. They what? They knew not the Lord. But it says that they were sons of Belial. Let's find out who this is. Let's get uh, the Zonovan Compact Bible Dictionary, page 74. Get some more information on Eli's kids. You warmed up yet? Okay. Not a proper noun in the Old Testament, but a word meaning. Now, now, it says it's not a proper noun. Y'all know what a noun is. The noun is person, place, or thing. So it's saying it's not a proper name. So Belial is not a proper name, but it's a what? But a word meaning worthlessness. It means what? Worthlessness, <laughs> well, wickedness, lawlessness. It means what? Worthlessness. So Eli's kids was worthless because it says that they were sons of Belial, which means worthless. So they were sons of worthlessness. And what else? Wickedness. Wickedness. What else? Lawlessness. Lawlessness. Y'all see this, right? Is that it? Read the rest of it. Uh, scripture reference. Yeah, so we going there. Deuteronomy chapter thirteen, verse thirteen. So, Deuteronomy chapter thirteen and what? Thirteen. Let's go there. Mm-hmm. Read. Certain men, the children of Belial, so the children of worthlessness, of wickedness, read, are gone out from among you and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city, saying, let us go and serve other gods which ye have not known. So this seems to be a common characteristic of, of these sons or these men of Belial. They worship and serve other deities. They were into paganism. All right, get that. Get the next scripture from the Zion man. Judges chapter nineteen, verse twenty two. You got it? 
Three. Judges 19 and 22. Now, as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, certain sons of worthlessness, wickedness, read, beset the house round about, and beat at the door, and spake to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine house, that we may know him. Now, this is the story of Lot and the angels that came to visit him. And these these were Israelites, by the way, who said, man, bring that man out of, out of there. We want to know him. The men. <laughs> they were practicing sodomy. That's fornication. That's the worship of other deities also. Once again, you see, there's a common thing with these men or these people or sons of Belial. They're idolaters. Hope everybody's seeing this. And what's the last scripture in the the Zonavan? First Samuel chapter twenty five, verse twenty five. Read. Let not, my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal. Even who? Nabal. This was Abigail's husband that wouldn't want to, that didn't want to share none of his wealth with David and his men after they had protected. Read. For as his name is, so is he. Now remember, it said he was a man of Belial, so he was worthless. He was wicked, and then said his name is Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. What does the name Nabal mean? Read. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. He is foolish as hell. Read. But I, thine handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord, whom thou didst send. That's his wife Abigail stepping in to save the day. And it says this man was foolish, meaning he didn't like doing things the most high's way either. Because remember the commandment says to love your brothers, you love yourself. So he was supposed to love David just because he was his brother, not necessarily because he uh, was watching over his livestock. So he was also an idolater. Go back to, um, you can put the Zonavan up for now. Let's go back to First Samuel chapter 2 and verse 13. Still dealing with Eli's kids. Now we're going to get into what they was doing, y'all, because it, it gave us like a, a a brief summary of what they was doing. Now we're going to go into it. We already got what they was doing with the women. Matter of fact, did we get all of that? Are oh, we going back to the Josephus? All right, cool. So let's see what they was doing. Read this. Verse, Verse 13. 13. Mm-hmm. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man now, offered... hold on, hold on. It says the priest's law. The priest's custom. This was not a law. This was their custom. All right? I want everybody to keep that in mind. This is what the priest's custom was. Read. The priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice came, while the flesh was in thieving, 
with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand, and he struck it into the pan, or kettle, or cauldron, or pot. All that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. So this was their custom. They would stick this uh, meat cleaver in there that had three hooks on it, and whatever the priest brought up out of the pot while the meat was still cooking, that was his. Y'all see this, right? Mm-hmm. While the meat was still cooking, so the meat was not done. Now hold this, and let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 18. We will start at verse uh, 1. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 1. The priests, the Levites, and all the tribe of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the offerings of the Lord made by fire. So the priests got to eat the offering. So you brought up the sin sacrifice. You brought whatever animal you brought. The priest had, it was lawful for them to eat. Read. And his inheritance. Therefore shall they have no inheritance among their brethren. Because they didn't get no land. So it says that they they inherited the most high. So they, they inherited the office, office of a priest, which came along, which came along with certain perks, like they got fed. Then the whole nation took care of the priest, basically. Read. As he hath said unto them, and this shall be the priest's due from the people. Now listen to this, the due, what the people were going to give the priest. Watch this, read. From them that offer a sacrifice, whether it be ox or sheep. So whatever animal, you bring up a sacrifice, read. And they shall give unto the priest the shoulder. The what? The shoulder. The priest was supposed to get the shoulder of the beast, read. And the two cheeks. And the two cheeks of the beast, read. And the maw. And the maw. I don't know what the maw is, but these are the pieces the priest was supposed to get. Now, let's go back to Second Samuel chapter 2 and read verse uh, 14 again. And he struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. All that it brought up? No. He wasn't supposed to get all that it brought up. He was only supposed to get, going back to Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 3, he was only supposed to get the shoulder, the two cheeks, and the maw. That's all he was supposed to get. Now, you bring that, take that flesh hook and run it in there, what if you pull up half of the animal? You see what I'm saying? They were taking more than what they were supposed to take. This is what Eli's sons was doing. Now, from there, let's get uh, Leviticus chapter 8 and verse 29. And we're going to keep going back and forth to First uh, Samuel 2. 8, 29. Mm-hmm. Read. And Moses took the breast and waved it for a wave offering before the Lord. So, 
and this is still going into the priest, they were supposed to get the breast also. So the breast, what else did it say? The cheek, shoulder. the shoulder, and the, mom. The, the cheek and the mom. So you're supposed to get the breast to read. For of the ram of consecration, it was Moses' part, as the Lord commanded Moses. Mm-hmm. And Moses took of the anointing oil and of the blood which was upon the altar and sprinkled it upon Aaron and upon his garment and upon his sons and upon his son's garments with him and sanctified Aaron and his garments and his sons and his son's garments with them with him. Now watch this. And Moses said unto Aaron and to his sons, Boil the flesh at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So boil the flesh, cook it, read. And there eat it with the bread that is in the basket of consecration. As I commanded, saying, Aaron and his sons shall eat it. Right, because the Moses already told us that that was their portion. So he's supposed to eat it at the door, read. And that which remaineth of the flesh and of the bread shall ye burn with fire. Nothing left over. All the leftovers, you had to burn them. Read. And ye shall not go out of the door of the tabernacle of the congregation in seven days, until the days of your consecration be at an end. For seven days. Now, they were supposed to burn these things, meaning they had to be cooked. Does everybody see this? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, let's go back to 1 Samuel, chapter 2, mm-hmm. verse 13 now. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came while the flesh was in seething with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand. See how it's not cooked? Mm-hmm. Seething is like it's leaking. Yeah. It's not cooked, though. And he struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Mm-hmm. Also, be, also before they burnt the fat, the priest servant it's came. A, read that part again. Also, before they burnt the fat. Before they burned the fat. Now, they were supposed to have already, I'm sorry, it said before they burned the fat, the priest servant came, read, keep reading, and said to the man that sacrificed, give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. The priest was going to eat the meat raw. And they, they Aaron or Eli's kids, they would send servants to come pick the meat up with the fat still on it. But the fat was supposed to be cooked and given up for a sweet savor to the most high. But these cats, they couldn't wait for the fat to be cooked to the most high. They was taking the most high portion, the portion they were supposed to get, and extracting too much from the people. Read. And if any man said unto him, 
Let them not fail to burn the fat presently. So, so you send a sacrifice. You there send a uh, for a sin sacrifice, and you know the order. You know the fat supposed to be burned first. He says, if any man say, hey, let them burn the fat first. Read. And then take as much as thy soul desireth. If any man say, no, nah, man, burn the fat first, then y'all can have whatever y'all want to take. If any man say that, read. Then he would answer him, nay. He would answer him, no. We ain't to burn the fat. Read. But thou shalt give it me now. Give it to me right now. And if not, I will take it by force. Then I'm going to take your meat. I'm going to beat you down and take it. This is what Aaron, uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying Aaron. This is what Eli's kids was doing. This is why the Most High said they had sinned against Israel. They caused this to befall on Israel because the law was if you committed a sin or you had a wave offering, a peace offering or whatever, that went to the Most High. And the fat had to be burned, so a sweet favor to the Most High, but they weren't doing that. So you see how Eli's children caused the whole nation to sin indirectly. Read. Wherefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. For men abhorred the offering of the Lord. And because these niggas was taking so, too, taking so much of their stuff and not doing it right, people hated to bring sacrifices to the Most High. They hated going to the temple. They chased people away from serving the Most High. Man, I hope y'all seeing this. Look at all the damage that his that Eli's kids did, but Eli is indirectly responsible for this damage. Why? Because he didn't check these niggas. He didn't check them. All he did was talk to them when he should have brought them before the elders of the gate, like the law said we read in Deuteronomy, and had their ass stoned. That's what he should have did. Let me let me stop stop cussing, man. So people be using that excuse not to listen to the class or not to hear the class. Cause I I know how y'all get, man. Let me clean my stuff up. Um, we're gonna jump down to verse twenty-seven. Hold on for a minute, y'all. All right, y'all. We're in First Timothy chapter two and verse twenty-seven. Come on, wow! First Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-seven. And there came a man of God unto Eli, and said unto him, Thus said the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore, kick ye at my sacrifice and at my offerings, which I have commanded in my habitation. And honoreth thy sons 
above me. Who <laughs> taught the most high dealing with this dude? To make yourselves fat with the cheapest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. And remember what he said. Because it says in the Josephus 2 that in another, in another chapter, it says also actually at the beginning of this chapter, that Eli loved his sons more than he loved the most high. So Eli <laughs> indirectly was committing idolatry also because his sons, he loved them more than the most high, so therefore they became gods to Eli. I hope y'all see this, man. When you love your kids more than you love the most high, that's idolatry. When you love your kids more than you love righteousness, idolatry. Hey. Verse 30, y'all. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that, that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. So the Most High is telling Eli, man, before all this went down, I said you were going to be my priest forever. But now the Lord said, be it far from me. <laughs> Most High like, nope. That promise is far from me. It says, man, I lost my place. Oh, here it is. For them that honored me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. He was letting Eli know, man, you despise me because you loved your sons more than me, and they became your gods. Verse 31. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thy arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thy house. So this was the judgment. The most high was like, look, dude, I'm cutting your lineage off. They ain't going to be no priest to me no more. Verse 32. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation, and all the wealth which God shall give Israel, and there shall not be an old man in thy house forever. And he's declaring the calamities are going to come on Israel because of Eli putting his sons over the Most High. Verse 33. And the man of thy... And the man of thine, whom I shall not cut off from my altar, shall be to consume thy eyes and to grieve thy heart, and all the increase of thy house shall die in the flower of their age. Now, let's find out where well, we get that. We're going to find out which man he's talking about. So hold this. We probably don't have to read this again. Give me uh, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Uh, no, Ecclesiastes, chapter 8 and verse 11. Ecclesiastes in the Bible? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see how we doing in time. What time we is it? It's 9.30, right? So we started at 7.30. Yeah, we, start, we stopped at 9.30. I'm going to try. Yeah, we ain't going to get down, y'all. I'm going to try to squeeze as much as I can in, though. So we're going to Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11. Read. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Now, it's telling us because the sentence is the judgment. It's the punishment. 
because we won't punish our children expediently, expeditiously. That means quickly, fast, as soon as it happens. Don't sit on it. Don't let it swell. Don't let it linger. I know I be having this bad sometimes too, man. Sometimes I be tired as hell. I don't, I don't feel like uh, whooping nobody, whooping nobody butt. <laughs> but I got to do it. I got to do it. I can't let it linger. The scriptures tell us this. Why you don't want it to linger? Read. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Because they'll keep messing up, and it'll be worse the next time because they didn't get punished the first time. They didn't get checked the first time. This is why they're going to keep messing up, doing stuff wrong, trying you, because you let them slide with it the first time. And the first time turns to the second time, and the second time turns to the third time, and the fourth and the fifth, and they're out because you didn't check it. So they just keep they just kept getting bolder and bolder and bolder. Like Eli's kid. He didn't check the niggas. So they just got worse and worse. Give me Ecclesiastes chapter thirty and we're gonna start at verse nine. Ecclesiasticus chapter thirty, verse nine. Yeah. Copper thy child, and he shall make thee afraid. Read it again. Copper thy child, and he shall make thee afraid. Now we gotta look that word up, cocker. What does it mean? I want everybody to completely understand what this is talking about. Cocker. To fondle, to indulge, to treat with tenderness, to, to pamper. With tenderness. I'ma treat my kid. Oh, so precious, my, my baby. It says to pamper, right? Mm-hmm. I'ma pamper the hell out of you. I'm not gonna let you experience anything. No hardships. I'ma keep you from harm. No, 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 my baby. I'm not going to let that happen to my baby. I'm a baby the hell out of you. I'm not going to let nothing happen to my poo-poo, my poo-poo. I'm just walking around, carry you all the time, never put you down, never let you try to be independent, never let you feed yourself. You're disabling the child, idiot. The child's going to be dependent on you. This is why you get people now, and y'all see them, they be 30, 40 years old, still live with their mama. Still live with mama. What's the dude you was telling about? Mm-hmm. On your job? Oh, my coworker is significant other. The, the coworker significant other. They married? Mm-mm. Well, you know, they biblically married. Yeah. They together. How does it look? Uh, 40, 44, 45, 44, 45. This nigga still live with his mama. <laughs> he go on dates mm-hmm. with his mama. Shame on you, mama. That's your fault. And you see this time and time again within our communities. You get these mothers, they have male children. And they want the male child to be their man rather than their damn son. Mm-hmm. 
That man child is your son, not your man. He ain't got to be damn going to no movies with you, going out to eat, going to dinner with you, taking a walk with you, taking to the park. That's something your man needs to do. Get your little old busted stuff up, put your makeup on, whatever you got to do, to a little thought outfit on if that's what it takes, and go out there and find you a man so you can stop thinking that your son is your man. He ain't. That's your son. This is what's wrong, and you wonder why these little boys become our solely feminine, because mom is treating the boy like he her boyfriend, grooming him to be a sodomite that is cool with some girl, and that's her boyfriend, her girlfriend boyfriend. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The, the women who have gay men as their friend. The, that little boy was trained up by his mama to be that way. You know, when she had him taking pictures of her, selfies before she went to the club of her outfit, asking him how the outfit looked. He probably helped her with her makeup, helped her pick the outfit out. Yeah, that was tra- that was the training ground for him to be a fag. A lot of people don't get it, man. Read it again. Which verse nine? Please ask this. Thirty and nine. Uh, Thirty and nine. Yeah. Conquer thy child. Do what? Conquer thy child. That means to pamper him. Don't let him feel nothing. No pain. If you don't let your children feel disappointment, loss, pain, discomfort, now then when they get older, what's going to happen when they go through these things? They're going to lose their mind. Or they'll be running back home to you for you to do it for them. Mama, go through this heartbreak for me. Mama, go through this disappointment for me. Can you go through this? Can you take this L for me, Dad? Dad, can you can you experience what I'm experiencing right now? I'm sad, Dad. I want you to be sad for me. This is a result of you trying to do every damn thing for your child and spare them from the natural elements of life. We all had to go through these things in our youth. And what did it do to us? It made us better. It made us stronger. It's like now they got this whole damn thing about cyberbullying and all of this. And I'm not condoning the cyberbullying thing. But we need bullies. We had bullies when we was coming up. And what did the bully instill in you? The bully made it so you can accept the insult now. <laughs> Somebody said that you was you had a big nose, you uh fat, you was ugly, whatever the bully used to say about you, prepared you for insults. So now an insult don't mean nothing to you. I got tough skin. I've developed tough skin because this bully used to talk about me and pick on me so much. And you know who who the bully is really getting you prepared for? That, I said I wasn't going to cuss, that anus boss that you have. That anal boss that you have 
that some people might even refer to him as a particular whole of our anatomy that everyone has. That's what the bully was preparing you for, that guy. Well, we try to make it like, oh, the bullies are so bad. <laughs> no, they not. They get you prepared for the world. I remember as a kid, man, one of my one of the things I used to say a lot was, that's not fair. That's not fair. It ain't fair. <laughs> and I would always hear my mama echoing, life ain't fair. And boy, was she right. <laughs> oh, she, she got a lot of stuff wrong. Mama Deuce is right on that one. Life ain't fair. Read it again. Conquer thy child, and he shall make thee afraid. You pamper him all the damn time, and you're going to be afraid of when they go out in the world because you're going to know they ain't ready. It's like uh, somebody was telling me a story about, I forgot who it was, about how their parent wouldn't help them do nothing, but they had another sibling that man, they mom would help them all the damn time. Parents helped my man, father helped them all the time. Then they got to an age they had to ask, and they were so upset by it. Like man, everything was hard for me. You made me do this. You made me do that by myself. You get made me do this by myself. Everything I had to do on my own. And the parents just had to break down and say, "Look, I didn't help you with any of that stuff because I knew you could do it yourself. I knew you could do it your own. I helped your sibling out." Because I knew they couldn't. And what the parent was confessing to their offspring was, hey, I got one right and I got one wrong. <laughs> That's what they was confessing. The child they got to help out all the time is the one that they pampered the hell out of. This is why the child can't operate and function do nothing on their own now. They got to come to you for every damn thing. But you the one created that monster. You never taught them how to be independent. And you know what's crazy, too? You get second and third generations that made this mistake, and they still doing it. They still doing the same exact thing. They see how detrimental it was to their kid. Then their kid have a kid. They do the same damn thing to that kid. <laughs> Insane. Read it again. Conquer thy child, and he shall make thee afraid. Play with him, and he will bring thee to heaviness. Because you always, what, good timing, kissy poo, it's love hour with the child, but you ain't correcting the child none. You ain't letting the child experience and get none of them growing pains that they going to need to be successful in this ugly world, man world going to eat your child up and spit them out while you kissy poon. Read. Laugh not with him, lest thou have sorrow with him, and lest thou gnash thy teeth in the end. And when it says laugh not with him, you laughing with him because you his friend or her friend. I'm trying, girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. You're trying to be the girlfriend instead of the damn mama. What's wrong with you? They got friends at school, y'all. 
I got to check my kids all the time. They coming home with that. Bro, tell them, I ain't your damn bro. I'm your father. Don't make me prove it. Asking with them trying to be their friend. Are you, are you, I guess you're in a damn midlife crisis. You're trying to be the cool mama or the cool daddy and stay hip on the stands and you're trying to see that you, you still got it, you still hip. Idiot, you're just creating a, a arena of disrespect for your children to keep disrespecting you. And then you be the main one get mad and upset when, when they, they go completely against you and they rebellious as hell. Now you want to call for help, but you the one created that monster. Read. Give him no liberty in his youth. Give him what? No liberty in his youth. You too hard. You too strict. You don't understand. You don't get it. This is what I hear. You don't get it, Tazapai. Tazapai, you live in a fantasy. <laughs> That's not reality, Tazapai. <laughs> what the scripture say? Read the kid. Give him no liberty in his youth. Give them no liberty. Shut him down. That means take away the freedom. Listen, y'all. Can we just do what we want to do as adults? Hell no, we can't. That's why the Most High got what? Laws. Also known as rules. We can't break the rules. So why the hell are we letting them break the rules with all this liberty? Stop. The car. Turn around. Don't drive. <laughs> Read. And wink not at his folly. Don't let him keep getting away when he's foolish. You keep letting him get away with being stupid. No. Show him how to be an independent thinker. Show him not to follow trends and do it just because everybody else is doing it. But once again, you're doing all of this because you're laughing with them, like you said in verse 10, trying to be their friend. It's going to give you a broken heart. Read. Bow down his neck while he is young and beat him on the side while he is a child. Discipline. Bowing down the neck is to put somebody in submission. So they understand what authority looks like and how to respect it. Then it said, beat him on the side while he's a child. Why is this? So they get familiar with discipline. Because that discipline is going to transfer over to where now you ain't got to discipline no more. They're disciplining themselves. This is how they're able as an adult, to stop those bad habits they may have picked up somewhere along the line. Because the discipline was sown in them from a young age, from them getting beat on the side. Read. He waxed stubborn. Because if you don't discipline them, if you don't put them under subjection, they'll be stubborn as hell. Read. And be disobedient unto thee. And so bring sorrow to thine heart. Now you're crying. Because remember the first commandment of promise, right? 
honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days shall be long on the earth. That's real. But if you don't take these steps, they're going to break your heart, and you're going to be crying at a funeral. Read. Chastise thy son, and hold him to labor, lest his lewd behavior be an offense unto thee. It says, hold, it says chastise hold them to labor, meaning what? They have to develop a work ethic. You don't want your children to be lazy. You don't want your children to be unorganized. They got stuff all over the place. Always forgetting stuff. They always late. You don't want your child to be like that. But you can't be like that either. They learn from they learn it from us, y'all. How much time we got left? All right, we got a little time left. Ready? Go back to the Josephus, page one fifty. Uh, read paragraph one. The chapter eleven. Um. Yeah. Herein is declared what befell the sons of Eli, the ark, and the people, and how Eli himself died miserably. So, because Eli wouldn't do his job as a parent, he kept conquering his damn kids. He wouldn't check them, do something about the situation. He put the whole nation in peril. Read. About this time, it was that the Philistines made war against Israel, excuse me, against the Israelites, and pitched their camp, the city, Aphek. Now, when Israelites had expected them a little while, the very next day they joined battle, and the Philistines were conquerors and slew above 4,000 of the Hebrews and pursued the rest of their multitude to their camp. So the Hebrews... Wait, 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 because I want you to jump. Yeah, keep reading. So the Hebrews, being afraid of the worst, sent to the Senate and to the high priest and desired that they would bring the ark of God. So we went out to battle against the Philistines, and we got our tails kicked. And we got our tails kicked because we weren't in good standing with the Most High based off of what? Eli's sons. Let me say it more correctly. Eli and his sons. Because if he would have murked these cats like he was supposed to, then the people's sacrifices would have went to the Most High. Therefore, the Most High would have been with us. But because of the sacrifices of the Most High got altered, and then nobody wanted to come sacrifice because of Eli's sons, now we're getting our butts kicked by the Philistines. Read? So, so our bright idea was to go get the ark. <laughs> go get the ark. It'll help us. Read? that by putting themselves in array when it was present with them, they might be too hard for their enemies, as not reflecting that he who had condemned them to endure these calamities was greater than the ark. <laughs> not realizing what the ark going to do for you. Didn't the most, most high create the ark? <laughs> Any more powerful than the ark? So if the most high was with you and he helped you fight, what good do you think the ark going to do for you? This is how we be, man. <laughs> Every day, all day. We won't use utilize the Bible, but we'll 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 burn some frankincense and myrrh in the house. Think we're doing something. <laughs> no study time. We won't implement no scriptures. We just burn burn we burn the sage now. 
burn sage. We like incense. We sending up empty prayers. We putting on our best Israelite garments. Ain't ain't utilizing, applying none of the scriptures though. Think the most high really gonna help us. Same people, man. We got to be the people of the book. Read. And for whose sake it was that this ark came to be honored. So the ark came and the sons of the high priest with it, having received a charge from their father that if they pretended to survive the taking of the ark, they should come no more into his presence. Now, so his son, Eli's sons, went out with the ark and to battle. Read. For Phineas officiated already as high priest, his father having resigned his office to him by reason of his great age. So this was Phineas was Eli's son, remember? Mm-hmm. Read. So the Hebrews were full of courage as supposing that by the coming of the ark they should be too hard for their enemies. Their enemies also were greatly concerned and were afraid of the ark's coming to the Israelites. So we had ark carriage. You know how you drink your liquid carriage? We had ark carriage. Read. However, the upshot did not prove agreeable to the expectation of both sides. <laughs> Read. But when the battle was joined, that victory which the Hebrews expected was gained by the Philistines. Uh, read. And that defeat the Philistines were afraid of fell to the lot of the Israelites. And thereby they found that they had put their trust in the ark in vain. For nothing. Read. For they were presently beaten as soon as they came to a close fight with their enemies and lost about 30,000 men, among whom were the sons of the high priest. Eli's sons, like the Most High had told him was going to happen. Read. But the ark was carried away by the enemy. And we got the ark stolen. The Philistines stole the ark. Now jump down to paragraph 4. On the same day, his son, Phineas's wife, died also. Listen to this. Phineas's wife died on the same day. Most I wasn't playing. Read. As not able to survive the misfortune of her husband. Now listen to how she died. Read. For they told her of her husband's death as she was in labor. <laughs> she was giving birth. She died in labor. However, she bare a son at seven months who lived. And the baby was premature. This is all the most high. Read. Who lived and to whom they gave the name of Ichabod, which name signified disgrace. And this because the army received a disgrace at this time. But this goes right with the most high. I told them what was going to happen. First Samuel chapter 2 and verse 33. Samuel chapter 2, verse 33. And the man of thine, whom I shall not cut off from mine altar, who he didn't cut off, which was the baby, read, shall be to consume thine eyes. That's so you can see it. (laughs) Read. 
and to grieve thine heart. So you can be grieved knowing that your son or your grandson was not going to be a priest. Read. And all the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age. And you know what? This child wasn't going to live long anyway. Read on. And this shall be a sign unto thee and upon thy two sons, on Hophni and Phinehas, in one day they shall die, both of them. And one day they both died. The scriptures held true. That was the, uh, she said two seconds. She never counted down like that. I guess they're going to kick us off. Let me, let me see what happens real quick. Let's finish this chapter. Keep reading. Okay. Verse 35. And I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in mine heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left in thine house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread, and shall say, Put me, I pray thee, into one of the priest's offices, that I may eat a piece of bread. He's basically letting him know that his his uh, his uh, lineage was going to be poor because they they didn't hold the priest office no more. Remember, the priest's inheritance was from all the types of the people. That's how the priests survived, and that's how they ate. But he took that away from his lineage, so his people was going to be poor, man. All this, because Eli wouldn't step in like he was supposed to and check his sons. He was conquering them, trying to lessen the blow. We can't lessen the blow, y'all. Our children have to be held accountable. You got any questions? Anything you want to say? All right, y'all. This is a good place to stop. I'm not done with this class by no means. Got plenty more, um, but we are going to stop here. And uh, until next week, y'all, um, Lord willing, I uh, hope everybody got some understanding out of the class, some edification. And uh, we're gonna go out. I guess we go out to this since the shower plugged it. <laughs> uh, but with that, y'all, we're gonna say shalom. shalom. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Fulfill my needs Alone it's there